Welcome back to Enjoy and to today's episode on the psychology of a yoga teacher. I have with me here the beautiful Georgia Morse. So we'll be doing a bit of a Q&A interview about a day in the life of G. Morse. So in terms of a bit of an introduction, I feel like we started hanging out when I was looking into yoga teaching. I remember... I think I DM'd you. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm thinking about doing my yoga teacher training. Give me all your tips. Mm-hmm. And we started walking around the tan mm-hmm. and you were sharing all of your insights. And I feel like that's sort of where our friendship kicked off. Is that how you yeah, remember it? Yeah, it is. It's so nice. <laughs> and I felt like when I met you, felt like I kind of, we both probably knew each other in the bubble, but um, yes. you know, when you like click with someone and it's yes. like, I've known you for years. Yes. It was really funny. Exactly. Yeah. Common interests, exactly. adult friendships, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely. great. Um, so a bit about you, G, just to introduce the Enjoy audience to who you are as a person before we get into <laughs> yoga teaching specifically. Maybe we'll start with what do you do for work? Yes, so I am a lawyer. Um, I work full time as a family lawyer um, and I teach twice, sometimes three times a week. Um, And yeah, I'm just juggling, trying to work out where I want to take my life in terms of work and whether I want to lean into more yoga teaching or where I want to go. Amen. Mm. I feel like we're all there right now. (laughs) Coming up to 30, it's just like, where are we going? Mm -hmm. What are we Mm -hmm. doing? Amazing. And I want to touch on some of the topics that I've spoken on in prior episodes, just to link back some of the Mm. psych knowledge and theories that I've been looking into and researching. So where are you about in your birth order in terms of your sibling order? I am the eldest. Oldest child? Yes. And more so probably recently you really notice the younger siblings leaning on you. Mm. More so, which is interesting. And we as the eldest child obviously set the tone. Yes. Um, where are you in your... I'm youngest. Oh, you're youngest, yeah. yep. And I'm like typical youngest child. Yeah, okay. Brat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you not would not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I definitely see that in you. The oldest child is very sort of driven, motivated, hardworking, and a bit of a parent for the other siblings. Yes, particularly for because I've got a sister who's two years younger than me and a brother who's seven uh-huh. yeah, young, years younger than me. So there's quite an age gap wow, there. Wow, I didn't realise it was seven years. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Gorge. Mm. And what is your star sign? Yes, so my star sign, I'm Pisces, Pisces. but my moon is Gemini and rising is Leo, okay. which makes a lot of sense, I think, mm-hmm. as the Leo coming out. Gemini, I question, but... Anyway, some of the personality traits, I guess. But yeah, Pisces. Mm. What are the Pisces traits? Um, Easygoing, I've been told. Um, Likes to be around lots of people, social, carefree. um, Also has, I think, supposedly enthusiastic and driven, but I don't know. (laughs) I think you can kind of look up any star sign, but I do resonate with Pisces. Yeah. because I'm not too fixated on things. Mm. Kind of carefree with things, I think. Yeah, you kind are. Like fish and water. Yes, mm. very non-attached mm. and like you sort of flip and flow. Yeah, you're Aquarius. Time. I'm Aquarius, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's probably why we get along. I'm much the same. It's like carefree, independent, goes with the flow. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gorge. Do you know your human design type? I do. Mm. I'm manifesto. Yes. Which is interesting. You'll probably be able to tell me more about that. Yes. Um, Did you just look it up on the yes. chat? Yeah. Yes, but I haven't, to be honest, explored too much into human design. I'm fascinated mm. by it, but I can't remember each of them. Mm. So I really want to lean into knowing more about that. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you, I'll listen to your episodes and you can tell yes. me all about it. I haven't even done an episode on it. Oh, you haven't yet? Yeah. It's a bit of a rabbit hole, human design. It's sort of it's a mix of astrology and all these other different concepts and you get into a real hole once yeah, you start sure. looking. I find it very fascinating. I'm mm-hmm. a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. And there's another two, three types. Manifester, manifesting generator, generator, projector. I think there's one more. Um, but it basically talks about how you make decisions and how you are in the world. And yeah, it sort of right. like helps you get onto your path and navigate life with a bit more ease yeah that makes sense yeah super interesting yeah i love that i'm just fascinated by all that particularly in my area of work we mm. deal with obviously so many different personalities mm. um and it's just i think it would be so beneficial if everyone had a lesson about these topics mm. because as soon as you know how to work through someone or mm. know how to deal with them yeah you'd be able to deal with so much conflict yes um it's very true yeah I was listening to Jay Shetty's podcast and he was saying um, the it's not what you buy someone or what you give someone in a relationship that Mm. lasts. It's how you deal with conflict Mm. and how you deal with arguing. Mm. And so normalizing how to deal with someone's emotions through navigating how to resolve conflict Mm. is how relationships last. And all I, I could that. think about was, oh my God, it's literally my parents. Yeah. Like if something was bothering me with my dad, yeah. doesn't bother my mum. I'm like, they've been married for 35 years, mm. you know? Yeah, and wow. it's like that coming, I don't know how I got on that topic, but it's yeah. just dealing with relationships and personalities. I love that. That's so true. Mm. <laughs> yeah, wow. Was that in Jay Shetty's Eight Rules of Love? Or is that... I think it was. It yeah. was. A, it was a podcast. He was talking. Oh. I was just scanning through. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know which one it was, but I love him. Yeah, it was so really good, and I just thought it was such an interesting way to think about a relationship. Yeah. Is it's not actually anything about what's going on. It's how they deal with the conflict itself. It's so true. But yeah, it's so true. It mm. like changed my whole mindset about everything mm. in terms of a, a relationship. Yeah. Because I need to learn how to fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How to have like constructive yeah. conflict. It's the same with Jung Peblo, who I know you love mm. and read as well, mm. but he's so much the same. It's not about, you know, always having good times together. It's mm-hmm. about how you navigate the difficult times mm-hmm. and, you know, leaning on each other for support and working through things together. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Big great. one in family law. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> well, not, not enough of that in family yeah, law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, gorge. We have digressed, which we love. (laughs) Um, Do you know your disc profile? So I did this at work. Yeah. And my dot is literally in the middle of, it's so bizarre. It's like very close to, is it um, consciousness? Conscientiousness. Conscientiousness. It's literally more so on that side, but it's smack bang in the middle. Really? And the person that was taking it was like, I've never seen this I was about to say, like, never. It's bizarre. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you're a little chameleon. Yeah. 
the true Pisces it's just so go with the yeah, flow. literally <laughs> whoever you want literally. me to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> what are you? What's your majority? I am, what am I? Inf- what is it? So it's dominance, influence, steadiness, steadiness conscientiousness. Yeah. I am dominance influence, but more influence. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So it's all about like the people, the human connection, yeah. relationships. That's how I navigate yeah. my life apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. So there's just a few little quick back and forths on you. <laughs> um, now talk me through a day in your life. Yes. So day in my life, always without a doubt, I go for a run. Now I've got cystic fibrosis, which I'm sure we can touch on later, but... Mm. Um, it is literally my medicine every single day. Mm. So without a doubt, no matter how I feel, I just, the first thing I do, I don't even really check my phone, put on my runners, workout, or put on my workout clothes, go for a run. Mm -hmm. At the moment, I can't run properly, so it's more a run slash walk, Mm. but at least I'm moving my body, I cough up all the phlegm, Mm -hmm. and then I get home and I'll meditate for 10 minutes, move my body, which just kind of looks like moving on the mat. Like yeah. a bit of stretching, um, breathing for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I just get ready for work, really. Nothing too fancy there. Mm. Spend a day in the office on Mondays and Wednesdays or work from home. Mm-hmm. And then after work, I will either do a proper yoga practice or a spin class. And then I box twice a week. So like exercise is a big thing mm. for me. That's it. Just for my health. Um and always walk my dog Oscar um yeah I think I need to learn how to be more still I think the holidays will be good Mm. to sit and read Mm. do those sort of things I love to cook when I can but just time there's not enough hours in one day Mm. particularly I don't know if you're finding at our age is just not enough time yeah to do everything that we want to do agreed um plus seeing you know catching up with friends I love catching up with people I love being social um yeah it's just it's hard to juggle Mm. everything it is yeah I I definitely resonate with that I feel like you and I are both always on the move always Mm. on our feet Mm. you know when you have lots of different interests work yoga Mm -hmm. exercise Mm -hmm. friends Mm -hmm. there's so much going on yeah I mean it's great it's awesome it's just it's um I think when you're at the point where you just really need a break from Mm. work you really feel it more yeah I think that's so true yep yeah, I'm a bit like that. Like, I just cannot sit still. Yeah, <laughs> what, what do you feel when you're like sitting still? I am really working on this um, because I'm really bad at sitting still. Mm. Unless I'm sitting still and journaling, or if I've yes. got something to do, yes, I need something to do. The exact same. Which I don't know if it's just us wanting to always level up and mm. trying to like overachieve and trying to do something, but it's hard. Yeah. Agreed. Taipei. Yeah. It's, it's like a blessing and a curse. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like having dedicated time to be still. And like you said, you do 10 minutes meditation every morning. Mm. It's like there's always something in the Always stillness. something. Yeah. Always. I'm the exact same. I need to learn, take a leaf out of my sister's book and just mm. chill. Yeah. Because I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Is she more chill? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. It's a process, hey? It is. It's a learning journey. It is. Gorge. Um, another question is, when are you most enjoy? I most enjoy, to be honest, when... Um, 
I would have to say it probably sounds corny. I think the most connected I feel is after a yoga class, after Shavasana. Mm. There's no other feeling like it. Absolutely no. Like, I don't care what people say. There's no feeling like after Shavasana Mm. when you've done a really sweaty, moving, beautiful class. Mm. And you just feel, I don't know, there's like a disconnect with your body and mind, but you still feel so at peace. Mm. And... I think that kind of that space, that moment after a class is just really rare. I think that's the one time. I also obviously feel joy when I'm with family and friends, Mm. with Mitch, Mm -hmm. Oscar. But I think being by yourself is where people grow the most Mm. because at the end of the day, you've got no one else to rely on but yourself. So that time, like you're so vulnerable Mm. in yoga. Mm. Um there was a there's this Japanese um I was talking about in my yoga class yesterday actually um because I like to start my class with little anecdotes or you know yeah (laughs) and they say so you've got three faces in the world one that you show the world one that you show your family and friends and Mm. one that you just show yourself Mm. and I was talking in yoga saying I think personally the practice of yoga is so intimate that you will only ever know obviously how you feel during the practice and it's like showing you yourself like your mat is the mirror showing you your vulnerabilities Mm. what's coming up how you're really feeling in that moment because more often than not you're forced to be still and breathe and connect Mm. and there's no other fitness really like that Mm. not that i say yoga is fitness but um yeah i think those little pockets that yoga has to offer Mm. when you're by yourself. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Mm. It's so beautifully articulated. I feel the exact same after that, that Shavasana feeling where you literally just feel like you're floating in a cloud and you're so connected, but you have all this sort of space in your body Mm. and your mind. It's so unique. And like you said, you can't really get there in any other way. You can't. You leave a reformer class or Pilates and you're like, okay, off we go. Let's Mm. grab a coffee. Yeah. And And just like like straight on. Yeah. And after yoga, I just don't want to talk to anyone. Just let me be here. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So beautiful. So when did you start practicing yoga and what drew you in yeah so I practiced started when I was 19 Mm. went to Bali with my partner at the time um and they just had free yoga classes in Ubud at the hotel Mm. and I'd never tried it before I'm like I'll try it and I was definitely thrown into the deep end it was very traditional didn't love it to be honest then but it was the first time I practiced Mm. and then a girlfriend of mine um took me to yoga two on three which opened up in South Yarra and it was hip-hop yoga so it was more kind of fun frivolous really it was beautiful like Sammy was incredible the owner there and I just fell in love with it became just obsessed and then and initially I just practiced yoga for to work out like Mm. just kind of treated it like that um as a fitness thing and then kind of the more and more I practice which I find everyone can relate to Mm. they really see the further benefits that the practice has Mm. and knowing that it's more than the physical there's obviously the seven other limbs and it's just yeah it's Mm. really cool so that's how I started wow I love that yeah and you were a gymnast before yes and that's why I can practice like I've got big hands yeah hands um (laughs) yeah so that helps a lot yeah wow yeah that's incredible I feel like 
it's such a good baseline to start with when you have that flexibility and that connection with your body. Mm. And I think like balancing on the hands, like I can handstand and all those sort of things. Um, But I think which you probably will understand, but mostly people in class think, oh, it's so amazing the person's doing a handstand Mm. or doing all these advanced things. But really the advanced practice is the unseen. So if someone can be holding their breath consistently the whole time during class that's an advanced practice Mm. doing a jai breath the whole time Mm. someone's in a handstand and can't breathe can't connect or be focused Mm. they're doing handstand right at the commencement of class you're thinking oh here we go yeah and they're just not connected at all so it's interesting i think the more you practice the more you realize it's not actually the fancy shapes Mm. it's purely what people can't see yeah it's so true Mm. it's not about being the show pony no not at all and what I love is as you practice more and more, you slowly just unlock like that next yeah, level of the pose and it doesn't ever feel forced. It's yeah. kind of like your body just wants to go there. That's exactly right. Even if it's just like a down dog, That's you know, exactly right. it feels different. Yeah. I love that. And when did you start teaching? Yeah. So I start, I think I started when I was 22 mm. or I did my yoga teacher training, maybe 22, 23 three around then mm-hmm. um so I started teaching at yoga two and three so I did my teacher training there and then I did free classes just that I ran for my friends That's in right. Richmond and then also at my family home just because I wanted to get practice mm. like as much practice as I could I was teaching in the park mm. just so many of my friends were just guinea pigs for me which they loved mm. but um it was good because it's scary. Mm. It was really scary teaching. And then I would do donation classes and then eventually two and three um, let me run their donation classes and then I started being on the schedule there. Swept your way up. Yeah, yeah. Like that. everything in life. Like you don't just wake up and you'd be like a yoga teacher straight away. You exactly. Mm. Yeah. I think that's so good for people to hear that either even thinking about teaching yoga or mm. even practicing yoga it can be really intimidating at the start, but you just have to like Definitely. start, get mm-hmm. the words out. Exactly. Yeah, starting yeah. to like connect the mind, the body, the breath. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite thing about teaching? I love seeing people shift in a class. Mm. So you probably feel it as a student. You know, when there's just like you're halfway through class and everything just like, there's like just a switch mm. and you feel it energetically in the room mm. and I can see the students like often when lives in my class yeah. I'd see her and she's like oh yeah I just like clicked then yeah. and it's just it's so cool to watch yeah and then also seeing students from the start to the end mm. their whole demeanor is so different mm. and I love it I'm so addicted to seeing that yeah because I'm like this is just incredible yeah that this practice has yeah such a big impact on people yeah and I just wish more and more people practice because I think the world would be a much better place Mm, I think you're definitely right about that yep yeah and I love that feeling when everyone in the room switches at the same time yeah and there's just this like collective shift and Mm. everyone's like in sync moving together breathing together oh it's so good I've had that in your class before for sure it's incredible it feels so good Mm. Mm. Standing and how does it feel teaching? Talk me through your mental state, like nerves, excitement. Yeah. So I actually get really nervous yeah. <laughs> before every class. I think it's probably type A mm. wanting to upscale, but I also put so much pressure on myself. Also because 
The room fits 47 students and at 8am we often have a full class. Mm. And I think, oh my God, all these people have woken up for me on a Saturday Mm. morning. You know, you feel that pressure. Um, So I get really nervous probably five minutes before, Mm -hmm. just before I step into the room and then I'm fine. Yeah, wow. But it's this every time I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Mm. Why do I do this to myself every week? (laughs) (laughs) But um. Yeah. Then when I'm in the flow, it's fine. I get people to close their eyes and then it's kind of more for me. Like I close my eyes too and I'm kind of being with them Mm. and then it's fine. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I do get really nervous. So I don't think that's going to go away. Yeah. Right. It's just that like excitement, nervousness at the start of every class. Exactly. I feel like that once you start speaking and breathing, it just all flows, right? It's just like at the start, it can be a bit stifling. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love how you always start every class with your little sort of intention, and you bring a story. Yeah, it's well, so special. I like to connect what people can in everyday life, mm. knowing that there's yoga, and more often than not, most situations. Mm. Um, you know, you see people, for instance, <coughs> driving and getting really angry on the road with mm. road rage, mm. and um, the practice of Svadhyaya you know, study of self Mm. or, you know, non-attachment and all these things that we can lean into Mm. that are limbs of yoga that I just think, you know, that's person getting frustrated at the red light, let it go, Mm. don't hold attachment Mm. or look inwards, why are you feeling that way? Mm. Like I just constantly look at every angle in a life, like you'll find people, I don't know, at the grocery store or it's just very interesting. Mm, so so I like to bring that into the practice or what I learned that week or what I heard that week mm. and then people can kind of resonate a bit with it. Yeah, it's mm. sort of like all the metaphors that come up. Yeah. And how you do one thing is how you do everything. Definitely. So whatever's so showing true. up on the mat is yep. probably showing up at 100%. the red line or 100%. at the grocery store. And more often than not, if, I, if I've never met the person mm. and I see them in my class, I will be able to tell what sort of person they are. Really? Yeah. So you've probably become very quick to read people. 100%. You see people doing every single pose or, you know, whatever it may be, trying to upgrade or advance the pose Mm. or pull back or they don't look at you. They keep their eyes closed the whole time. Mm. Their eyes are everywhere. They can't sit still in Shavasana. They're like fidgeting the whole time Mm. or their palms are down, not up, like all these things. Yeah, wow. And it's like, wow, we are very strange. Yeah, (laughs) we are very strange. (laughs) That's so interesting. I really like what you said about, yeah, it's like how how they're showing up in class. You know, if you're looking around the room, comparing yourself to people, like do you compare yourself to people in your life, in your job or, you know, really pushing yourself in every pose or Mm -hmm. jumping out of poses early? Like Mm -hmm. do you quit things too soon? Like all of those metaphors. And even the people, the students that rock up so early, Mm. they set up everything, everything's perfect. They must have the same spot every class. It's just fascinating. Yeah, the Taipei. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you kind of have to, as a teacher, you have to sort of well, you just make let sure it you go. don't hold judgment exactly. either. It's like just exactly. letting people be how they are. That's and exactly up. it. And like my favorite yoga ever is Swaha, which is let it go. Mm. And I always say it every single day is my mantra just let it go Mm. because it's just there's no point if someone wants to do that just let them do it yeah it's not affecting you it's true you know just follow like keep on your path and keep going stay in your lane yeah stay in your lane Mm. yeah 
Um, what do I have? What is your biggest lesson or insight from teaching? Hmm. I think studying people. Studying I think, people. Yeah, I think that kind of leans onto what we were talking about. Mm. Um, that's probably my biggest lesson. I'd say... Hmm. Maybe... I think just it allows me... It reminds me to remain a student as well. Mm. Um, like I find it keeps me accountable for my practice when I teach. Mm. I don't know if that really answers the question, but I just think um, teaching is a lesson for me to remain accountable. Because mm. I find as soon as I stop being disciplined with my practice, then my teaching kind of changes. Like yeah. you just notice if you're always a student going to different teachers in Melbourne mm. or wherever you are mm. and you can take little pockets and it kind of gives you inspiration. Mm. So I think it's really important to always remain a student first yeah. and foremost. I love that. I mm. needed to hear that today actually mm. because I have had about a maybe five, six-month break from teaching mm. just because full-time work. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, just like being in the office all the time. Mm-hmm just find it hard to get like the headspace and the clarity and mm-hmm. you need to have that level of confidence when you're teaching as totally. well with your practice yep. and yeah you're I find when one falls over the other falls over like if you're not practicing anything as much you don't feel confident to teach mm-hmm. if you're not teaching you don't feel inspired to practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think as a yoga teacher you need to constantly you know commit to the practice totally to the teaching. totally but even if it's like I think people tend to think oh I don't have a full hour you don't need yeah. a full hour mm. you really only need I would say 20 minutes a day mm. because it doesn't take long to move and breathe and mm. you feel the shift so quickly or whether it's reading an article about a study of yoga that inspires you Mm. or even like it sounds silly but sometimes if I'm really tired at night I like practice for 20 minutes and then I will watch like a YouTube video of my favorite teacher teaching a class so that I can get some inspiration for my class so you just watch and don't practice yeah I just kind of like I'll have it in the background Mm. and either be doing work or something or I more often than not will listen to a class a few times a week. Mm, it's really weird. That's so interesting. But I, I just that. like getting inspiration for like different transitions or yeah, that's how I like to practice. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you do your, say you said 20 minutes before, like mm. if you just sort of wake up and need to move, do you have a sort of set sequence or do you just listen to your body? What just do you listen need? to my body. I mm. mean, it's probably more often than not the same, you know, a few Anjani Asanas and mm. pyramids and warrior twos. But I have, I don't know if this is like you as well, I love always doing, like I must always have like a warrior two or mm. warrior one or even if it's just a few Serie A's, Serie B's and mm. Serie C's. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I love blasting music. Sometimes I have no music. Really? Yeah. What kind of music do you blast? Just like yoga, just like yoga music, not <laughs> like deep house. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think music also has a really big impact on changing yes. the scene of the room. Yeah. Um, the energy in a room. It's sure. really interesting to see that too. Yeah, music and silence. Like, yep. Such Very powerful. Energy. Yeah. Yep. So beautiful. What is something about you, and it can be yoga, it can be unrelated to yoga, something that not many people know about you? Mm-hmm. Um, I probably talked about it before, but I have CF. That's probably something that I've only recently been openly talking about. Mm. So I'm born with it. 
um, it's genetic disorder that affects the lungs, liver and digestion. Um, so it's probably my biggest thing at the moment that I'm dealing with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, because I'm a Pisces, we're quite open books. Mm. We're very emotional as well, which mm-hmm. is probably something I didn't tap on earlier, but, um, I don't like what you see is what you get with me mm. apart from the CF factor. But apart from that, I'm pretty open with things. There's mm. nothing really I'm hiding per se. Mm. Um, I'm hoping to run another yoga retreat mm. next year, maybe. Yes. I was going to do it at the end of this year, but just timing because my business partner, he's off gallivanting yes. on a TV show or something. What's I don't his know. name again? The uh, chef? Jansen. Jansen. Yeah. So we'll be doing another one for sure. It's just, as you know, with timing, mm. just trying to figure out all of that. Gorgeous. Mm. Oh, that's something to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. exciting and this sort of may relate to what you were touching on with your cf and also just it's around vulnerability and mm. i feel like for me i feel so vulnerable when i'm teaching yoga mm-hmm. so that's what made me think of this question mm-hmm. is when do you feel most vulnerable oh when do i feel most vulnerable um Well, probably that moment just before class, but I think when I am forced to talk about myself, like even right now, I feel very vulnerable. Mm. I don't like talking about myself. Mm. I like asking other people how they're going, what they're up to. Mm. More often than not, I deflect. I don't know if you've noticed that before, but I just Mm. don't particularly like talking about myself Mm. very much. Um... Yeah, I think when I'm forced, so I will be doing a hospital stint soon Mm. and that's probably when I feel the most vulnerable because reality comes flashing before my eyes Mm. um, that I'm forced to face the music, so to speak, because I'm the type, which we were laughing about before, but type A's can't sit still, must keep, like can't feel the There's a funny Mm. meme saying the girls that can't sit still because they're running away from their emotions, which is probably me Mm. um and so I need to learn to sit still to be vulnerable to Mm. feel because otherwise you're just numb walking through life which is something that I need to remind myself about Mm. um because yeah it's it's okay to feel sometimes Mm. um but I just keep prodding along yeah good girl Mm. I'm proud of you for being vulnerable (laughs) and for opening up (laughs) (laughs) really I think you have (laughs) You know, I love learning more and more about you. We've been Mm -hmm. friends for a few years now. But, yeah, it's – I think all humans are the same. You sort of crack little parts of yourself open more and more. Totally. Over time as you become more comfortable with others, with yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you do have a really unique and inspiring story. So I think it's so special that you are starting to share that. Yeah, well, I think it's – I don't know. I don't know. I used to literally hide it in school, in Mm. primary school – little Georgia because I our food pyramid is essentially upside down so my Mm. lunchbox would be filled with like big M's chocolate like full-on just confectionery and I have to take enzymes before I eat and I used Mm. to hide it because I was so embarrassed taking these medications and even high school I was very private about it it would make me very emotional Mm. and then I don't know I think the past maybe it was from COVID I Mm. was forced to talk about it more as to why like I couldn't see anyone for four or five months Mm. I was in lockdown this Mm. was before vaccinations and all that yeah 
So I think I was forced to talk about it more and how it's affecting me and then that's kind of bled on to everything else really. Yeah, Openly wow. talking about it more. Yeah. Not being ashamed, which mm. sounds silly, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it might sort of sound silly, but we have a way of doing that in our brains of just you know, being a bit irrational about the, those things. Yeah. Like it's not like it's something you can control or that you chose. Totally. Like it's something that's just on your pathway and as a kid it must have been hard as well with you know everyone's well yeah I didn't want to be different and I think it was a it's a coping mechanism for me just to pretend Mm. that there's nothing wrong Mm. and I think that's also why I almost to prove to myself my entire this is what I've been working through recently Mm. my entire life trying to prove to myself that I can do it all yes so I've been trying to just tick all the boxes Mm. move through life keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Mm. And then people around me are like, Georgia, you need to slow down. Like, mm. What are you doing? And so that's me right now where I'm like, I need to stop. Mm. But it's me constantly trying, like inner child work, mm. trying to prove to myself and everyone else. Or, you know, people saying, oh, you're amazing. You've got, this is when I was younger. Oh, you're mm. amazing. You've got CF, but you're doing all this. Mm. I'd be like, oh, yeah, great. Like praising. The and validation. so subconsciously, yeah, mm. that is in you because we all know what inner child stuff does yeah to us as adults Mm. um but I think it's bled into needing to be more vulnerable Mm. yeah for sure Mm. being kind to yourself and taking that pressure off like I know you've you mentioned you're going into hospital Mm. and you know I I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this but before we started recording you were just saying that you're potentially going to be working from hospital Mm. like that's just as an outsider, so mind-blowing to think that, you know, you have to do both and to have that pressure well, on yourself. Yeah, I think this is what it comes down to. I just kind of treat it. I do the time. I just say I'm going to jail for 10 days. <laughs> just do the time and it's just – it is what it is. Like I honestly believe to my core people are dealt cards that they can deal with mm. And I know obviously there are situations where people, we're very fortunate and very privileged, like you and I are very privileged, Mm. very lucky. Mm. But I do think the reason why I have CF is because I've been from the universe told that I can deal with it and I wouldn't change anything Mm. because I think it's just made me me Mm. Um, and being able to do all these things because I've got that inner grit perhaps Mm. to keep pushing on absolutely that resilience yeah yeah you're incredible g oh stop it you really are (laughs) (laughs) um my last question for you is what are your keys to well-being keys to well-being is to um I would say to prioritize yourself and I don't want that to mean a selfish thing but I think we tend to forget this is kind of what I was saying at the beginning that we really only have ourselves, and obviously we need community and you know all the things about the blue zones and how you need you know connection and community in order to be healthy but I do think people tend to forget the power that they actually have inside of themselves to harness well-being. So looking after yourself, drinking water, Mm. sleeping, Mm. eating well, all these things that we have just at our fingertips, 
it's mm. quite a simple equation mm. to look after yourself that is basically caused and catalyzed by yourself. Mm. Um, the hygiene I, factors. Yeah, I think if more people understand that, mm. um, well, like even just drinking another glass of water a day, it could be so simple. Mm. Closing your eyes and meditating for five minutes mm. and seeing the ripple effects that that has for the rest of your day. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I think people have that opportunity at their fingertips. That are all, That's all free. Yeah, mm. it's so true. And often... You hold the key yourself. And yeah, we often definitely. look outside. Yeah, or blame others or, for, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's true. But there's so much that we can do, mm-hmm. and you are living proof of that. Oh, no, all of the no. work you do in yourself. Thank it's you. incredible. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me, G. Thank you, Anna. Absolutely loved having you. It was great. I loved it. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And is there anything else you wanted to add, my love? No, just I think you're amazing. Keep doing this work because so many people need to hear all of this. Mm. It's just all the podcast episodes you've done have been brilliant. So you should be very proud of yourself because people just need to keep, like you are, upgrading, upgrading, upgrading. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're amazing. Thank you.